Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and this week we are going to talk about the mouse making moves that if you asked me a few months ago, I'd say would never have it. Let's get to it. So we start off with the biggest news of the week and that is Soul. It has been on the schedule as a Thanksgiving movie for a few months now, but Disney has decided to push back to December 25th and will not premiere in theaters, but now on Disney+. Plus. Not only that, it will not be like Mulan with premiere access. This means viewers do not have to pay an additional $30 to watch it. It will be included in the subscription. As for comments on the move, Disney CEO Bob Chappick had to say, quote, we are thrilled to share Pixar's spectacular and moving soul with audiences direct to Disney Plus in December. A new original Pixar film is always a special occasion and is truly heartwarming and humorous story about human connection and finding one's place in the world will be a treat for families to enjoy together this holiday season, end quote. For countries that do not have Disney Plus yet, aka a lot of Asia, the movie will still get a theatrical release at some point in the future. This means, for example, it could still go to theaters in China. While obviously American theaters are saddened by the move, European theaters are also hurt by this as well. Even more so, since until the second wave hit, theaters were doing well in some parts of Europe thanks to Tenant. The International Union of Cinemas released a statement in response to the news. Quote, the vast majority of cinemas across Europe and indeed many regions of the world are now open and able to offer a safe and enjoyable return for audiences. Cinema operators have invested massively in offering the safest possible experience to their audience on the basis of a promising schedule of new film releases. End quote. As of this recording, the domestic union for theater owners has not released a statement. Uh, So let's break this down. First, I will say I was shocked that they did this at all and that it did not go to premium access but after thinking about it for a bit i can see the moves being made here first the move to disney plus makes sense for them as again they still need more content for the service i think the reason for no premiere access is not that mulan may or may not have failed but they want those subscription numbers up they know a lot of people will be having a smaller christmas this year due to the pandemic it would be a lot easier to get a family to finally sign up for disney plus when a brand new pixar movie is available at no additional cost. I think with what we'll talk about in a few minutes, between this and WandaVision at the end of the year, Disney's making the big play to get a few more million subscribers, which will give them a much needed boost. Also, Disney is totally going for the Oscar this year for animated films. Thanks to the pandemic, competition is weak. As for theaters, uh, where do they go from here? Well, AMC will stay open for the crudes too. Uh, thanks to a universal deal, but everyone else? I don't know. If any theater shuts down now, it'll be until December at a minimum. Since at that point, there will be Fall Guy, One Woman, and smaller uh, new movies being released. Personally though, I think One Woman gets moved to next summer, and Fall Guy will just be released to get it out because for Disney, it is a Fox movie and they need to get those out. The next story, which is connected to this, is Disney announcing their plans to move more to direct to consumers for their content. Speaking to CNBC, Bob Chappick talked about this change and how COVID did not cause it, but only to speed it up. Along with this, there were some changes at the company with more of a focus on getting content on the service and making the service itself profitable. They also said there would be a virtual Investor's Day in December, going over this in more detail. What it looks like is Soul is the first shoe to drop in a multiple-step plan on what Disney will be doing with their movies going forward. 
Now, what this means for theaters, I'm not sure. I hope Investors Day will clear this up because how else would they increase their direct-to-consumer output besides making new content? The one thing that comes to mind is day-and-date releases. As I think of a world post-corona, it's Friday. You know, let's just imagine. It's Friday, new Doctor Strange movies released, and then you got two options. You can go to a theater and watch it there, maybe even an IMAX, if you want to spoil, spoil yourself. Or you can sit on your couch and watch it on Disney+. Plus. That is what I think Disney wants, because then they get the best of both worlds. In box office revenue, and anywhere from 50 to 100 million people paying $7 a month. If they push that, then I would not say theaters are done, but I think they will move on to the next stage in their life. And I might have to do a different podcast through this in detail, but I've always thought... With streaming becoming more mainstream, theaters would not die out, but change. Depending on your theater, you may have started to see this happen already, but theaters would simply become a more high-class entertainment. Instead of packing in as many people as possible, you have bigger, comfier seats, you have a finer selection of food and drinks, maybe even alcohol, and the screen and sound system is updated. The decor inside the theaters is also more upper-class and overall feels better. Now, while this sounds great, the main downside to this is not all theaters would get the same treatment and some would probably close down, but overall they would live on. If you are in America, you can already see this with the new AMCs uh, being rolled out and Cinemarks and the Elmo Drafthouse is an entire theater chain based on this. Now finish off the story with this. Disney is right in that COVID only sped it up. This was coming anyway, and you can see that with theaters doing more and more renovations to the high class style. The issue, instead of a 5 to 10 year window of change, COVID has now sped it up to 1 to 2 years, depending on how 2021 goes. And while no one expected it, studios will benefit a lot more in the short term than theaters. To finish up the Disney news, CEO Bob Chappick also talked about Mulan and his performance. While he did not say how many people bought the movie on Disney+, Plus, he did admit that the many controversies surrounding the movie did affect its performance. My thoughts on this is, um, <clears throat> no shit. Yeah, no shit. Speaking of theater struggling, reports are that AMC will run out of cash either by the end of the year or sometime in early 2021. What this means for the company is that they will need to either raise more cash, this is something they did a few months ago by selling debt, or file for bankruptcy and start cleaning up. Now, depending on which one they choose, they might not go out of business. Instead, if they restructure, what will likely happen is some of the underperforming theaters around the country will get shut down permanently, and the company will emerge bankruptcy as a smaller, leaner company, but still exist. And while this sounds great, what this affects is small towns who may only have one or two theaters nearby. If one of them is an AMC theater, and they get shut down, people who live there will struggle to find another theater, especially if it's the only one nearby. You know, if you live in a major city, you know, you live in New York, you live in California, you live in Florida, if they restructure, it's not going to bother you. It's it's the small towns that are going to get hit by this. As for if any company would buy them, I would say my front runner would be Apple. I was thinking Amazon, but with the antitrust issues they are facing, buying an entire theater chain is probably not a good look. Apple, on the other hand, is facing issues only with the App Store. They have the cash, they could buy the chain, make a power move in Hollywood. I could easily see them premiering their Apple TV Plus movies, as well as a selection of other studio movies. And while they would obviously like them to make a profit, they do not need it as much as long as people go watch, and then they go sign up for Apple TV Plus. Also, with their new Apple One bundle, who's to say they do not add a few tickets that you could add to your Apple wallet, and then go see the movie? That sounds cool and all, but realistically, 
it'll be a financial company they'll buy it and then focus on making a profit and just cut everything else that's not now let's look at some of the box office numbers domestically tenants reign as number one comes to an end by the hands of robert de niro his movie the war with grandpa opened in first place with 3.6 million in second place is tenant with 2.1 million for a domestic total of 48.3 million the hocus pocus re-release is still doing decent with 1.1 million and has made 3.9 million so far in fourth place is the new mutants with 685,000 for a total of 21.99 million lastly in fifth place is unhinged with 660,000 for a total of 19.1 million looking at the chinese box office we have a proper top five to look at coming in again at first place is my people my homeland with 38.2 million for a total of 325 million in second place for the week, second week in a row is legend of defecation with 10.2 million for a total of 216 million in third place is leap with 7.6 million and fourth place is coffee or tea with 7.1 million and finally, in fifth place is Vanguard with 2.6 million for a total of 35.7 million. So there are a few things I noticed here. The holiday boost is gone, and that has resulted in steep declines across the board. It seems like the dailies are, for now, strong enough for the top three movies to make good amounts, especially My People, My Homeland. For those who do not know, it is a set of anthology short films directed by a who's who of Chinese directors. I guess the Hollywood version would be What If Nolan, Fincher, Spielberg and uh, Scorsese, for example, each made a short film on a topic and put it together. Overall, though, considering the Chinese box office was dead for the first seven months of the year, this has been a fantastic comeback. We can also take a glimpse at what the next big batch of Chinese movies will be coming out next February for Chinese New Year. Right now, it includes The Rescue, Assassin in Red, Endgame, not Avengers Endgame, and Detective Chinatown 3. The last one that was supposed to be the big one to come out this year, this Chinese New Year, a bubble was pulled at the last second before theaters shut down. For this story, I'm not a big legal guy, so I'm just going to leave a link to it in the show notes so you can do a read-up on it yourself. Uh, but a story is about the Triple X franchise. Apparently, after the third movie came out, a Chinese company, Wing Galaxy, had the option to buy the rights to the franchise. Uh, another firm also had the option, so they came to an agreement to put money in to buy it and fund a fourth triple x movie turns out the second firm put up less than half of what they agreed to and it also turns out that they would only be able to buy 50 percent of the rights to the franchise and that vin diesel needed to sign off on it which at the time he did not anyway this is all like that i'm suing the firm in los angeles on charges of fraud breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty so if you have been wondering why a fourth triple x movie has not been made here you go now let's talk about No Time to Die. There are reports that there is a push to sell MGM before the movie releases as to give potential buyers a great asset. Apparently the hedge fund that has a strong investment in the studio is looking to get this done and have talked to Apple, Amazon, Comcast, and Facebook of all studios, companies, I should say, offering up the movie to distribute as they see fit would be a good asset. But let's break down the story. Facebook, I don't see buying. Yes, they have the cash. So unless they literally throw billions of dollars and overpay at the hedge fund, it ain't happening. But never say never. If a hedge fund sees Facebook's willing to overpay, you know, two, three times the amount, they'll take the money. Amazon, again, facing antitrust issues, so probably not. And if Comcast buys another studio, they may face that issue. Uh, remember, uh, under Universal, they did just buy, I think last year, uh, DreamWorks. So they kind of need to cool down a bit. So again, like buying theaters, Apple remains the best choice. 
They can boost their studio offerings without causing an antitrust issue. Also, they have been willing to work with studios and distributing in theaters, so Universal's deal could stay in place and maybe even expand to domestic distribution. Remember, for Paramount and Scorsese's new movie, yes, it's now an Apple TV Plus movie, but for theatrical distribution, they are working with Paramount to get that done. If Apple was to buy MGM, who's to say they don't work out a deal with Universal worldwide for No Time to Die and maybe even other uh, MGM movies? And yeah, they have the cash like Facebook to buy it at a high price, and I think if it gets delayed past April, MGM will be sold. Remember, they were a growing United Artists as a publishing arm for their studio with other films. No Time to Die was supposed to kind of, it was going to be their big boost, but that has yet to come to pass. What studio should we talk about next? Oh, I guess we should talk about Paramount, since they are making moves. First is a romantic comedy action movie directed by duo Adam and Aaron Nee, called The Lost City of D. While no details have been made or announced, the studio is hoping to redeem Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock for the lead roles. On paper, this seems like a decent move, obviously if they get them. Uh, and if they do, then a lot of this just rides on the script, so we'll see what happens. Paramount also got another movie, which is a movie based on Cleopatra. The movie was a bit between studios, and Paramount won it over Universal. Uh, Warner Brothers, Apple, and Netflix. The package deal for the movie includes Gal Gadot playing the title role, teaming up with Patty Jenkins again, who will be directing, and the script will be written by uh, Leita Calgore in this. While there is no timetable for the movie yet, Deadline is reporting that Paramount is pushing to fast-track this movie as soon as possible to have big-budget movies ready to come out when the pandemic starts to clear up. So I have to give props to Paramount for being more serious and trying to get more movies for the studio even participating in auctions for them. As for the movie itself, I think it can work and would definitely give Gadot a proper chance to show more serious acting. So for VOD Premium, we only got one big story, and that is uh, Paramount once again, uh, with them selling Coming to America 2 to Amazon. The deals for a reported $125 million and marketing deals tied with the movie would also be transferred over. At this point, the only thing that would hold it up is Eddie Murphy saying no to the deal. Now, I was ready to shit on Paramount for doing this because, once again, it's them selling a movie away. But for 20, $125 million, I think they got a good deal. Look at the situation. It's a Christmas movie, and at this rate in Europe and America, cases are going back up. Also, by the way, this movie doesn't really count for Asia. Uh, again, we're looking at a movie that's over 30 years old. This is a sequel to that. So your main audience is America and Europe to that extent. So, cases going back up. Even when cases were subsiding late summer and September, a blockbuster movie like Tenant could only muster 50 million, almost two months after release, too. You know, a movie that could have easily done 200 million during a regular summer movie season. Also, for the movie itself, it was going to be a hard sell. Again, original one's almost 30 years old. A lot of the younger generation does not care much or know about Eddie Murphy, unless they've been shown, you know, Parents have been showing them Eddie Murphy movies growing up. So the fact is, you would need to play a little bit more to the older crowd, the 30, 40, 50 year olds, to see this movie. And guess what? The older crowd is what's affected by coronavirus more. They're a bit more at risk. So, put all that together, the fact that also Amazon is looking for bigger and bigger movies to boost their Prime lineup, uh, if they're willing to pay more, uh, why not? As long as Paramount covers their budget and makes a profit on top of it, I'd say go for it. Remember, they're not as big as a studio as Universal, Warner Brothers, or even Disney. Disney's big by itself, 
Universal has Comcast backing them up, and Warner Brothers has AT&T backing up. Yes, Paramount has Viacom CBS backing them up, but um, they're not that big. So they can't ride out pushing movies forever. So, and look, I'm glad they've been a bit more active in, like, yeah, they're selling stuff that they need money now, but they're also now adding more movies to their lineup 2021-2022. So it's not like they're just selling, they're, they're getting rid of stuff. Because, you know, when they were selling movies a few months ago, they got me worried as like, oh, are they just done trying to make, you know, release movies? That doesn't seem to be the case. And who knows? Hopefully this decade will be a resurgence of Paramount. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. The question for this week is, what do you think of Paramount's recent moves in buying these movies? you think they're good ideas or they trash? Let me know on Facebook. Link to it is in the show notes. Thank you for listening.